Hi, this is Steve Lieber, and you're listening to Amazing Spider Talk. Too many who know the angles, uncover and untangle all the questions and the webs left out to tangle. I'll be in 1962, last Wednesday's afternoon. They'll bend your ears with reckless self abandon The Amazing Spider Talk The Amazing Spider Talk Come swing through the air Sit back and prepare For the Amazing Spider Talk Hello and welcome to the Amazing Spider Talk my name is Dan Gavazdan, and I'm the editor of SuperiorSpiderTalk.com. And I'm Mark Chinacchio, editor of the Chasing Amazing blog, and I'm still fighting a cold. Oh, my goodness, Mark. I know. It's been, like, what, a week? Like four or five days, maybe. Okay. It depends on good when this know. thing launches. It's good to know. Okay. Well, anyway, thanks for joining us, everyone, for our 16.1th – is that how you say that? <laughs> episode of – 16. Point. <laughs> is it the 16.1st? Yeah. I, I don't know I these don't rules. Know. I don't know these rules. Anyway, it's the 16.1 episode of Amazing Spider Talk. Episode 16.1. That's it. That's it. Episode 16.1. That's what I meant to say. <sighs> well, we hope you guys enjoy this podcast and that it provides an intelligent conversation to the best of our ability. <laughs> Between two fans and collectors, as we hope to look at the Spider-Man comic universe in a bit of a bigger picture. Yeah, and for this episode, we'll be discussing Amazing Spider-Man number 16.1 by friend of the show, Jerry Conway, and Carlo Barberi, who, you know, we could have him on the show, and he could become a friend, right? Absolutely. There we go. Get on um, it, we'll Mark. Also, I'm on it. I'm on it. Also, reading your comments and emails, giving away prizes, and discussing... Uh, any spider news that's fit to print or podcast about. Absolutely. I, look, I'm going to be honest with you, Mark. Yeah. I think our last podcast was a little rocky. <laughs> well, I, I can't guarantee you this one's going to be much better. Come on, man. I need you to get all your spirits together, suck up all that snot, and let's get into it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. All this right. is called dedication. Okay, dedication, dedication. Remember, everybody, if you hear this sound, maybe I'll make it a sound of a sneeze this time. <laughs> Please check out your iOS device for a link to an article, video, or image to enhance your listening experience. Mark, before you sneeze your brains out, let's get into it. Amazing Spider-Man 16.1. <laughs> Not to be overly sentimental, but, you know, after getting a bunch of comics for the past year and change written by Dan Slott or scripted by Christos Gage with Dan Slott plots, wasn't there something about this comic which 
I don't know. Like, yeah, refer to Spider-Verse to some, you know, very briefly in the beginning. But this this just felt like a whole new comic, right? Absolutely. I mean, I think Jerry's voice for Peter is kind of unmistakable. Uh, you know, yeah. And that's kind of how you can differentiate different art, like different writers in, in terms of their Spider-Man. I mean, ideally, most of them try to capture the kind of like Stan Lee voice for the character. Uh, you know, it's a, it's an exercise in consistency. And I would say Jerry is not too far off. But there's something about his Peter that's just you know that much different and and there's a number of things but mark what what about you do you do you, do you agree yeah i mean it's funny like and and i said this when i was writing about brand new day on chasing amazing like you know it feels stupid to say this but it it feels fresh in its familiarity because i mean we we really have just been getting a certain kind of spider-man for so long now i mean like dan slot has been on this book, he's been part of the Brain Trust now for six, seven years, give or take. And, you know, we're we're talking, you know, he's been writing the book consistently since, like, issue, what, 640-something? I mean, you know what I mean? Like, like this, yeah. this we're, we're getting up over to 100, over 100 issues now of Dan Slott. So, you know, I mean, Jerry Conway, I mean, there's a very old-school vibe to the story. I mean, just, just the whole theme of, of going to the street level and dealing with the underworld and the likes of tombstone and, and the wraith and, 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 and that, I mean, but because we haven't had that in so long, it's like, Oh wow, this is really neat. And ed- there's like an edginess to it because it's not what we've been so, so accustomed to. I mean, you know, I'd say probably the most different Spider-Man we've, we, we've received over the past few years was that Matt Kent, Marvel Knight Spider-Man story, but that was like I don't even know if that was Spider-Man. You know what I mean? Like it was that a was fever like, dream. Yeah, that was just a very weird thing. Whereas, um, you know, Jerry Conway knows Spider-Man. This is Spider-Man. You know what I mean? Like this, 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 this little twerk uh, tweaks with the language and and the interactions and the characterizations. And you know, this is all very true. This is all very familiar, but. Uh, it, it, there's an edginess to it because we haven't had this in a really long time. Well, there's a, a nice balance between internal monologuing, dialogue, and action in this that I think is not like you know is not uh, evident in other Sp- Amazing Spider-Man comics, which I think has been relying a little too heavily on dialogue. Um, and Conway balances them really well, but. You know what's so wonderful about all the old, like really old, great runs of Peter is reading his internal monologue, where he comes across as a much smarter, more thoughtful, more intro, you know, uh, uh, you know, introverted kind of person um, that's thinking about things, and which is kind of like belied by his kind of clumsy nature and kind of antisocial personality that he kind of puts forward towards everybody else in his life. Um, and I think that was always the appeal, and I think it reappears here in a wonderful way. I mean, even the opening of this book is him kind of thinking about himself, and, you know, there's a line, things like, I feel different, which didn't really work for me, because I've never bought that he's felt different since Spider-Verse, but just feel like listening to him reflect on Spider-Verse, we're getting more reflection on Spider-Verse in this book than in the other book. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean... And just like 
the whole banter and patter pattern of, of Peter's speech. And, and, and I mean, how he talks to villains and how he talks to, um, Yuri. Um, and I always say her last name wrong. One, Hanabi. I think that's probably, Does that makes right. sense to you. Yeah. Um, you know, like he's not as goofy and crass as he has been. There's a little more, he's a little more cutting and, and it, I mean, I hate to use this word because it sounds derogatory towards other writers in of recent years, but like a little more intellect to it, I feel. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, like even the lines of Tombstone about, you know, you know, yeah, opinions like those orifices. You know what I mean? Like right. it was yeah. just kind of like, yeah. I mean, we've heard that. It's not a new joke, but it was like, oh, you know, like hearing that come out of Peter's mouth is something that I think he would say to somebody. In the in the Bronze Age, you know what I mean? Like it's just I don't know. Yeah, I know you didn't read the Amazing Spider-Man special number one that came out uh, last week. Uh, I did not, and I actually thought it was really enjoyable. But it does have that kind of clownish Peter Parker in it, and it's written by a TV comedy writer. Um, and I kind of you know the the difference between the character couldn't be more stark. You know, at least in terms of their humor, and I prefer this one. Um, in a, in a huge way, um, so that was really nice. Yeah, definitely. So I mean, the voice was there. Um, were were you a fan of the artwork? Uh, this I think on its own, I think it's 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 fine artwork. For me, I think that voice, that kind of cutting voice, and the kind of gravity of this kind of like gang war was kind of undersold by the artwork or it was uh, undermined by the artwork rather um the artwork is kind of this kind of faux realistic but also kind of cartoonish um or stylistic stylistic uh artwork that i think was uh, you know the the pencils and the colors that are very bright um you know a bright red spider-man and very clear blues there's no murky in-betweens that i think would be would really suit a story like this a lot better than what we're getting here yeah i mean it it sounds like we could have probably used some ron friends or sal buscema or someone who kind of had a more older school aesthetic right yeah or even just sal's inks are, are i think a lot like they're like they're refined but but they're kind of like they have an edge to them they're they're a lot thicker you know what i mean um, yeah, and it would yeah. bring out the real seediness to the story, I think. So let's talk about the story here because I I really like this story, Dan. You know, I mean, going at it from a very broad perspective, I feel that um, Conway's kind of building – I mean, it's kind of like your standard like kind of cop courtroomish mystery um, that, that, you know, we, we seem to be building in the twists of turns, you know, you got, you got your gangsters fighting for turf, you have crooked judges, maybe some crooked cops are mixed into here. When did Spider-Man um, yeah. suddenly go to Gotham city? Right. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm, I'm expecting like, you know, the, the valiant Jim Gordon to walk in and save the day. But, um, but no, I'm, I'm into it. You know what I mean? Like this is this is this is the most compelled I've been by just characters in a, in a, in, a, in a while with Spider-Man. And um, something that I really liked, and and it were kind of like some of these weird parallels and then stark differences between Spider-Man, Peter Parker, and then Wraith and Captain Guantanamo. Well, yeah, because, it's you kind know, of like ha- only half Spider-Man's book. 
Yeah. And, and, but like, he doesn't feel like a bystander. I mean, like, I, cause I feel like his story is illuminating hers. Absolutely. Or at least serving as a point of contrast, because it's what's interesting to me is, you know, on the surface, I mean, Spider-Man is a vigilante, you know, he, 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 he fights crime outside the confines of law and order, but he has this very specific code and, and set of morals and ethics that he abides by that keeps him from crossing that line. And, you know, Captain Watanabe, as as a police officer, is very you know she keeps talking about we're going to do this by the book you know we're not we're not screwing around this time, um, but then once she goes race, it's like all those codes and morals and ethics they just go out the window and you know it's like you know she's not afraid to damage or maim or even kill you know she shoots the uh, what is it the um, the vault that yeah. <laughs> Um, and it, it, it's just this very interesting dynamic to have Spider-Man teaming up with someone like that, because I feel like, um, when you have someone that kind of like follows that parallel to a point and then goes off wildly different, you get a really interesting team up dynamic for Spider-Man. Absolutely. Uh, these are the best, like when Spider-Man teams up with Wolverine, you get like interesting stories like this. Where yeah, it yeah. forces him to kind of question, but not uh, himself. But not only question himself, but like question just how arbitrary his rules are. Yeah, yeah because he exactly. he'll break the law too as Spider Man. Like he'll, you know, do things that Peter Parker can't do. But like, why draw a line somewhere? Exactly. No, I mean, like it, the, the, this book wants to address these issues. Um. You know, I don't. I I hate to keep hemming and hawing on what what has not been done recently. But you know, like Dan, when we when we were complaining issue after issue about Spider Verse, I mean, this is the stuff that we wanted to see. It's it's not it's not even about the multiverse or the villains or magic crystals. I mean, it's just you know, like these are core elements of like what makes a good Spider Man story. And I feel that Jerry is just tapping into it here. Yeah, absolutely, um, and and this is and again, this is just an opening issue. So we're already getting the themes of the story being expressed, you know, alongside a lot of exposition and um, and kind of like establishing the state of things, um, which I, you know any initial issue kind of has to do, um, and yeah. it does so pretty elegantly here. Um, but yeah, you know, it's just refreshing to see that there's. Yeah, okay, there's going to be a gang war and all these characters probably backstabbing each other, but there's going to be a point being made by doing so. Yeah, um, but I also, I mean, you know, I I, I like seeing Spider-Man kind of protecting the city again. I mean, you know, we had that opening sequence with um, Tombstone and his gang where – you know, the, the Tombstone's crew, like, opens fire on the police, and, you know, Spider-Man goes to knock Wontanabe and her partner to the ground, and, of course, like, the partner ends up getting shot and inevitably dies. Um, but again, like, and, yeah, I mean, you know, the character's a bit of a red shirt. He's there to die. Right. Um, but it, 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 it feels, I don't know, there's more humanity to it, watching Spider-Man kind of, like, valiantly fight and fail with 
regular people versus, you know, analogs of himself, you know, <laughs> like, like what we were getting, you know, like I, I'm, I feel as a, as a human reader, far more invested in the drama of this story and the stakes, um, because it's identifiable, it's relatable. I mean, that's, that's, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's like, you know, Having it's, it's having watching, people break watching their a crook take a cheap shot at a cop, you know what I mean? Like, and, and Spider-Man trying to fight that, you know? Like, yeah, I mean, like, some someone having to like the drama of someone having to break their moral code or wrestle with their moral code or do something you know like they wouldn't normally do is far more interesting than like who died this time or you know what I mean? Like a series of red shirts dying. Like seeing them struggle with this, I think is is full of drama. Uh, yeah, or if you're going to kill red shirts, at least have them, you know, have their death advance something. Yeah. You know what I mean? This guy's death um, pushes Wontanabe into a, into a new direction, in turn pushes Spider-Man. You know, the chain reaction, um, and even as kind of fleeting as they might be, have larger consequences, you know, ramifications. It, it, it changes dynamics between characters. It makes... Characters, like you say, have to make tougher decisions about things, and 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 you know that's that's just good storytelling. I mean, that's, that's you know another way to put it. Yeah, one of the things I really like is that there seems to be you know once you get into these gang things, uh, you know, gang interactions and and dealing with these kind of kingpins of of New York, um, their motivations aren't entirely clear with all their actions. Like they'll give you clues to help. You out on your your quest, but at the same time, it's also like um, doing them a good deed. So here we have Mister Negative giving Yuri these photos of the judge, and to right. her, that's like helping her. But helping her might also mean helping him, and it reminds me a lot of that wonderful Ultimate Spider-Man story, where you know the Kingpin is like comes to him and says, you know, I can give you this information on how to take down these guys. Um, and it, it will help me out. And Spider-Man's like, I'm not going to be your lackey. But at the same time, he knows that he's not going to let these other people hurt someone. And I think putting Spider-Man in these kind of tough decisions about like, well, I'm going to save people, but it will end up helping the bad guy. Like, you know, what, what do I do? What does my moral code tell me? Yeah. Where do the ends justify the means? You know, like, and, and, you know, that's. That's one of the age-old conundrums for Spider-Man is where, where you know, where and when do these ends justify the means? And, well, that was and what was interesting about Superior too. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And we've gotten away from that <laughs> considerably. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, anything else about um, – that you want to point out with this? It's tough because it's just a good story. I'm, I'm anticipating – it happening next. Although I will say, this was something I was doing research on. The last time that Jerry Conway wrote a full issue of Amazing Spider-Man was 1975, like the era of the Watergate scandal. That's how oh long my it's goodness. been. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, but he wrote obviously full issues of Spectacular and Web of. But right. He wrote like long runs on those. Yeah. But but, but no, he hasn't I know what had you're saying. This core book under his hands for quite a while and. Welcome back, Jerry Conway. I mean, you know, Dan, I, I know it's one issue, but I mean, I, I'd go out and say that, I mean, this, this, this feels like it holds up to what Jerry did 
in the seventies. I, I mean, you know, like I, I actually liked the tone, his tone and, and his characterization, I think even better than what he was doing in the eighties and early nineties on the books. Absolutely. I, I was never a huge fan of his other runs on like web of, um, but yeah, this feels like Jerry back to his prime, you know, um, what, what, what uh, young woman is he going to kill this time? <laughs> Carly? No. <laughs> <laughs> do we want Carly back? I mean, I, I think I do. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll hear that he killed off Silk just because, you know, Silk was just basically like, what, uh, Dan Slott's, uh, you know, idealized girlfriend or something? Or was it, wasn't that what he said about Gwen, that he was like Stan's like wife or something, essentially? Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Do you have any speculations uh, about the future of, of this series based off what we read? Anything that kind of re- reads as fishy to you? Um, you know, I mean, I feel like there's going to be a lot of misdirection in this comic. I mean, you know, off the top of my head, like, you know, like the police chief is something up there, but, but that's the thing. Like, I, this is going to keep me guessing. That's a good thing. You know, like, I, like, um, you know, I do hope not that I want to see an overstuffed series with villains, but, you know, like, it was nice to see Tombstone. It was nice to see Mr. Negative. I, you know, and I know they, I mean, they even have like a preview art of like the circus gang. I mean, I hope that we really play up these gangland elements here, you know, yeah. and like we, we, we kind of reach into the, reach into the vault to find some fun stuff. I love that Mr. Negative acknowledges that Martin Lee is kind of just doesn't exist anymore. Right. That was really a cool note. I thought, um, yeah, I I'm mean, excited about it. Know. Okay. Do you want to place our bets now on who, comes out in the end as the gang leader of of New York City? Or do we think just Kingpin is just going to come back, waltzing back in and, and wash all these guys away? I mean, I feel like that story's been done, you know? like Sure. I'm going to say the ringmaster. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's tempting. That's tempting. All right, so let's go through our, our, our rogues gallery here of the all the different people vying for this position, okay? We got Tombstone... Ringmaster, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Princess Python. <laughs> Are we associating her with the Ringmaster? Yeah, they're the, they're the circus group. Okay, and uh, we got Black Cat, Hammerhead, and Mister Negative. So that's what uh, five different parties. Who, yeah. who are you throwing? Uh, not to use a pun here. Who are you going into the ring with? <laughs> I wouldn't be shocked if it ends up being Black Cat. All right. Black Cat, I'm going to go with Mr. Negative if I had to be a better man. All right. There you go. All right. We'll see how it shakes up. People, hold us accountable. There you go. I love accountability. So what's your grade then? I'm going to give it a B plus. I know that it sounds like I was like loving this issue a lot more, but I think the art is not really – Matching the writing perfectly, and also there's a lot of exposition and setup. If the, I I can only see this going up. How about you, Mark? Yeah, I'm gonna say A minus. I really loved it. Really thought it was good. Great, awesome. Let's move on to our comments and emails.
Yes, of course. So comments and emails. You can always leave a comment and a rating for us at our iTunes and Stitcher and or Stitcher accounts uh, by searching on Amazing Spider Talk or just Spider-Man. We come up pretty quickly. Um, if you have a question, a comment, or anything else that you want to send to us over email, uh, you can reach us at AmazingSpiderTalk at gmail.com. Uh, if you we have, have a, a question couple... for us, you can twi- uh, tweet us on Twitter. Tweet us on Twitter. Say that ten times fast. And right. uh, mark it as hashtag okay to print, and we'll uh, add it into our list for the show. Brilliant. Brilliant. So, um, so let's get to our questions then, Mark. How about this first one? Yeah, we have Bill Farquaad from Twitter who asks, how would you feel if Marvel Comics did reboot and how would it affect Spider-Man? So the, the age old, the age old, they get a new 52 it, right? New 52 it, which you and I, I think, both suspect they're not going to do. But what if they did? How would we feel about it? I mean, I what, mean what would we imagine it would be if they were to reboot it? I mean, I almost feel like it would just be Ultimate Spider-Man again. You know what I mean? Like, like we did that, didn't they? I mean, you know, like yeah, um, it would be a teenage Peter Parker. I think we would both it would, agree. Uh, yeah, it, that that just seems to be the no doubter. You know, like like you know, Marvel loves themselves some teenage Peter Parker. Yeah, and they uh, didn't um, have much time of it in the comics. No, no, you know, like it was a couple of years. It was fleeting. Um. But, um, you know, I don't want to be so defeatist, but, I mean, if they went in that direction, they go in that direction. What are you going to do about it at this point? You know what I mean? Like, like this is a company that's trying to sell comics and, 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 and open itself up to the largest audience possible. I mean, you know, I know there's this history and continuity, but, like, it's been changed and rearranged so many times over. I mean, you know. Does that mean, like, if they reboot it, that Superior or Spider-Verse ever happened? I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I, I just don't know. Yeah, I, to be honest, I don't know how bothered by it I would be. Like, I, reading Batman right now, which is, like, kind of it was rebooted, that's one of the best comics I read. If we can get, like, a, a series of Spider-Man books that are written by really talented people that tell really good stories... I don't think I, I, I'm not such a slave to continuity unless the writer themselves is a slave to continuity. You know what I mean? Yeah. I wouldn't no, mind I getting some kind of like really, really well written Spider Man stories, even if that means rebooting it. Yeah. I, I, I mean, you know, there's just certain things about the industry now that. You know, I, I I think as long term fans like us, Dan, I mean, we we, we you, you kind of just have to come to grips to, you know what I mean? Like this is the stuff that's happening, whether you want it to or not. And you can make the you can make the choice. Do you stick with it? Or, you know, do you say, you know what, nah, this is not for me anymore. And and you know, I love comics, I love Spider Man, and like you said, I think as long as we get someone who's writing quality stories about Spider-Man, I want to read them, you know? It's not until, you know, they just replace Spider-Man with someone who, you know, just doesn't interest me at all. And, you know, so, yeah, yeah, I'm not going to get upset. (laughs) I'm more interested in character than than continuity. Definitely. Uh, 
what else do we have? In, well, we in, we got an email from Eric Cox, or, or it was it wasn't really a, a question, more than like a plea. He wanted more podcasts from us about the ancillary titles and and things like that. Well, I I want to say we've got some news for you uh, about this, um, but I would be remiss if I didn't mention that. Um, our sister podcast, The Ultimate Spin, is a wonderful podcast that covers Ultimate Spider-Man and Spider-Gwen in great detail. So I would point you in that direction if you really want to like have a really thorough conversation about those two books. And I know there are a number of you who would probably really enjoy it. So check out Ultimate Spin. But if you hold up till, uh, a couple minutes from now after the break, Mark and I will come back with some, uh, a pretty special announcement towards the end of the show. Um, there you go. In the meanwhile, Mark, let's talk about the Friendly Neighborhood Spider Talk Members Club. Stand a little straighter, walk a little prouder, be an innovator, laugh a little louder, joke around the crater, we can show you how to, and when will you be then? You belong, you belong, you belong, you belong to the very is the time of the show where we thank all of the wonderful people who have decided to donate some of their hard-earned money to the show and have opted to join the Friendly Neighborhood Spider Talk Members Club. This week we have no new members, but we're happy to celebrate with all of our ongoing friends. <laughs> I love I love this section of the show, mostly just for what new depths of hell is Mark entering in having to, to, to talk about this. It's not hell, Dan. It's it's a wonderful place. There's no, there's no. It's not sardonic at all. I love this. I love, I love that we do this every episode. You okay. know, like it's not the least bit repetitive. I'm not repeating myself at all. I never have to repeat myself in doing this. Oh, Mark, you're a gem. I am. Of what course. else do you have to say about the friendly neighborhood Spider Talk <laughs> Members Club, Dan? I don't know. I kind of want, I kind of want you to say more about it, Mark. If you are a member, please check your email for your free comics. If you would like to become a member of the Friendlyhood Neighborhood Spider Talk Members Club and help support our show, please go to our sites and click on the giant button that reads Friendlyhood Neighborhood Spider Talk Members Club. Why did we name it that, Dan? <laughs> I don't know, Mark. Um Actually, to, to be to be perfectly honest, Harry, not to get to how the sausage is made, Mark and I recently on our site we mentioned this in the past show. We, we've kind of had these kind of malware problems and people hacking our sites. Uh, Mark, it's a concern of yours, correct? Correct. Um, it and sucked. <laughs> it, yeah, it did suck. And um, hosting the show and hosting our sites is getting. More expensive than I think we initially anticipated. Uh, I certainly know that I am bleeding money to put this show on and 
and host my site. Um, so we might be joking about the spider talk members talk club but talk. We are damn serious. But it, every every bit of every donation that you make is put to good use for us to host our sites and not go completely broke. So it does actually affect the longevity of the show. So we do thank all the people that have given donated money to us because it really has helped us out in a and I know at least for myself in a, in a time of need. I mean, I only financed the trip to the Cayman Islands once with our donation money. <laughs> it was a good time. Did you bump into iguana? Um <laughs> I did. No, actually, I was going to say that, you know, it, it, it's it, getting getting money from our fans is so much better than me making money off that Nigerian prince who emailed me and thus put more malware on my site. <laughs> I told you to stop re- re- responding to those Nigerian princes. Damn. <laughs> or all those people that are stuck in airports that need your money to get out of the airport. Yeah, you know, like. Or, or like, you know, someone was in London and lost their wallet. You ever get that one? Uh, yeah, I've gotten that one. I, uh, when I was teaching a class in high school, I got that on my email. So I put it on the overhead projector. And as a class, we farmed ideas of things to say to this person. <laughs> That's how good of an educator I am. But uh, I thought it was an interesting lesson in, uh, in learning about how uh, scams operate. But uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but this is not a scam, what we're saying right here. No, it's not a scam. Absolutely not a scam. Wink, wink. Yes. So, you know, here are some pictures of a crooked judge. And if you would like to donate, please do. (laughs) Well, we got some spider news to cover, so I think it's time for us to move on. All right, Dan. So um, we learned in all the Secret Wars solicitations that Spider-Woman, Spider-Gwen, and Silk are all going to publish as planned as they're kind of like – what are they calling these? Like end of the end of the earth issues or something like that? It's like last days on earth. There you go. So um, – Fret not. So, so for the people who are like, what are you going to do about all these books that you just launched or relaunched? That's – there's your answer. So are so we, are we taking s- this to, to assume that really it's just the ultimate universe and a lot of made-up universes that are coming to an end during Secret Wars? Then it's all ending, okay? It's going to be a brand new Marvel Universe. Get over it. All right. I'm over it. Was that faster than you thought I would get over it? Yeah. You seem so over it now. Okay. (laughs) But yeah, this is good news, right? I mean like we – to be honest with you, I'm enjoying all three of those titles quite a bit. Yeah. I mean you know, we we are fresh off the newest Silk. I mean I'm not as big into Silk the second issue as I was the first but – Certainly the other two books. The new status quo for Spider-Woman is amazing. I love it. Love it. Well, that's actually a good transition into what we have to discuss next. Uh, Mark, we have some big news happening right here for the podcast feed. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of you you're always asking us about the B titles and ancillary titles, and, and and look, I mean, Dan and I love doing this. We love talking to each other over the computer. I could tell, especially the, the last two podcasts, he's just love talking to me. <laughs> um, I'm gonna get but, sick uh, just talking to you through the internet. Yeah, but um, you know, I don't I don't see us like spending a ton of time talking, breaking down the B titles the way we break down ASM and, and, you know, superior when it was that, but yeah, we're going to, we're going to, uh, we're going to start talking about the, the B books, right. In a, in a kind of a short and quippy kind of way. Right. Yeah. What was the name you came up uh, for it? We're going to do flash Thompson's flash reviews. Ooh. How clever. We use flash twice in a sentence. Yeah. You should go into marketing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already in marketing, Dad. Well, there you go. Look at that. All these skills coming coming full circle. But And they're going to be – it's going to kind of be a thumbs up, thumbs down. Um, and they're going to be either uh, Spider Club, Spider-Man Fan Club certified or Puny Parker level. There we go. So, uh, so look forward to that, getting some feedback on us from those things. But the even bigger news about this is that we're actually like going to be splitting our feed um, so that those reviews happen on separate episodes than our main reviews. This might sound confusing, but um, we you know, want to have an episode out every week for you guys. So how it's going to work is – you know, every week you'll get a new episode. One will be there be about a new issue, like we just did today, and the other will be about an older issue, a classic issue. But we're even even then, those classic issue episodes are going to be something extra special that Mark and I have been working on um, doing for you guys for the next, I don't know, maybe even the next year. So, Mark, what is our uh, first big project? Yeah, well, you know, I feel with, you know, all this talk of reboots and Spider-Man and the Marvel Universe, the Cinematic Universe and everything, you know, we, we get a lot of questions, Dan, about what are the essential Spider-Man books? You know, like what are, you know, I kind of call them Desert Island books. You know, like if, if you want to give someone uh, an impression of who this character is and what they're all about, uh, what would you have them read? Or even um, just hidden gems that are representative of why we like the character. Yeah, Dan, so we're going to take... Um, five issues off the table right from the onset, the obvious ones. I mean, you don't need to hear us tell you that you should read Amazing Fantasy 15, right? No, I mean, you should read Amazing Fantasy 15. Boom, done. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we've, we've talked about the Master Planner trilogy a bunch. We've talked about Death of Gwen Stacy a bunch. I mean, you know, we just spent, um, you know, six episodes talking about Coming Home by J. Michael Straczynski and John Romina Jr. So, you know... We're, we're taking those off the table and, and maybe a couple more. And we're going to focus on, you know, personal favorites, stories that we feel illuminate the character, hidden gems, as you say, Dan. I think this is going to be fun. And then we're going to have we're going to have you guys vote on them and let you, you know, like, what, what do you think is essential? Absolutely. And, and that way, at the end of all this, we can compile a list of the top rated uh, comics and have our own essential list. So when people say... On our sites, like what should I read? We can say, well, this is this is the essential list. This is what you need to be reading. Boom, boom, exactly. So that's look forward to that uh, starting next week. And Mark, what is our first series of books that we're going to be talking about? 
Yeah, well, um, I figured with the gang theme that we've been doing, um, and, you know, this is a personal favorite story of mine, and, 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 you know, maybe a little more of the obvious one, but not quite so obvious. We're going to do Amazing Spider-Man number 50 to 52, which is uh, by Stanley and John Romita Sr. You might recognize ASM 50 as the infamous, or I shouldn't say infamous, the famous uh, Spider-Man No More cover. It's also the first appearance of Kingpin, and it's like a you know Spider-Man Kingpin story, one of the first ones, which is just a lot of fun. Awesome. Well, so guys, go on Marvel Unlimited or break out your long boxes and and dig out a copy of this issue. Hopefully, you don't have to dig too hard because it's a pretty valuable issue. Uh, yeah, don't don't damage it if you dig. <laughs> right, right. Uh, and uh, join us for a discussion of Amazing Spider-Man fifty to fifty-two next week. Sounds great. Awesome. Well, so looks like it's the end of the show, and uh, we want to remind you guys that you can find all of our new Amazing Spider Talk and old Superior Spider Talk podcasts at SuperiorSpiderTalk.com, or find us on iTunes and Stitcher by searching for Amazing Spider Talk. And of course, if you do, you can leave us a rating and a comment to let us know how we're doing, and we'll be sure to read it on the air. Also, if you have yeah. any opinions on these comics or any questions, make sure to email them to us at AmazingSpiderTalk at gmail.com. And we'll read those as well. Also, be sure to check out both our Facebook pages at facebook.com slash superiorspidertalk and facebook.com slash chasingamazing because these are some really cool, wonderful places to keep up with us in between shows. We post articles. We talk about Canadian bacon. Wait, that's, that's the other episode. We talk about Mr. Miyagi. No, wait, we, can't, we don't talk about that. We moratorium. Yes. We talk about, uh, I don't know. What do we talk about, Dan? Underwater basket weaving. Wow. That sounds like one of the classes you're taking in grad school, Dan. It would probably be more relevant to my life than all the classes I'm taking in grad school. Yes. That's why I stopped at undergrad, Dan. You were a smart, yeah. you were a smart man, Mark. Academia sucks, man. I might have the master's degree, but you are the master of life. I am the master something. Is it the master of your domain? Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, also, speaking of masters of domains, don't forget to check out the Friendly Neighborhood Spider Talk Members Club. Um, I don't know how that transition works, but, you know, keep malware off our sites. There you go. <laughs> Please help us from the evil malware. Yeah. And so of that, course, you know, so while you're the so when you're the master of your domain, you won't have malware. Right, exactly, exactly. So uh and also as a special thanks, we want to thank again uh Rylan Bojack for our theme song and our outro song for magic. So uh Mark, how about the internet and you? What's your relationship like these days? Oh, man, it's been tough, you know? Like, I, I, I came home one night, and I saw the internet cheating on me with another woman. Wait, no, the internet. No, the internet. Um, we're good. So you can find me at www.chasingamazingblog.com. Malware-free for now. <laughs> Knock on wood. Um, or on Twitter, at ChasingASMblog. And um, you can find me on comicbook.com for lists and such. Awesome. Of course, you can and find you, Dan? you can find me uh, on Twitter at, at @supspidertalk or on Sup. Su- Sup Spider Talk. 
Um, yeah. And uh, you can find me uh, online at superiorspidertalk.com, which is also malware-free um, yeah. and uh, bleeding a lot of money out of me. But that's fine. Go. That's fine. Yeah. So, Mark, malware aside, uh, we saw this big gang war brewing. Um, anybody you're worried about getting caught in the crossfire? Actually, no. I want to talk some more about malware with you, Dan, because I think I, I think it's relevant to what we're talking about. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. We can talk about gang war in two weeks, okay? All right. So anyway, I, when I got malware on my side a couple of weeks ago, I, I called up. Uh, I called up a, a, a firewall company, and you know they're walking me through my options, how to clean out the site, what kind of things you know I could set up. And it's just a very kindly old man gets on the phone. And, you know, we're talking, there was just something almost kind of, you know, fatherly or almost grandfatherly about him. Um, That's rare. That's rare in one of these services. Yeah. You know, he was, he, he he wasn't just some guy they outsourced to India. I mean, he, he, he's a kindly old gentleman. kind of sounded like my uncle Ben, you know? Um, But your uncle Ben is dead. Is that, is that even possible? No, no. This is my uncle Ben, who sometimes works in customer support at a at a internet company. What what a particular thing that he does! <laughs> it's very specific, um, and you know, it, and he made me realize that you know, maybe maybe I wouldn't have gotten malware if I'd used my powers on the internet responsibly. So. Um, it made me consider my worldview, and as I walked away in the alley upon purging my site of all malware, I said, with great podcasts, there must also come amazing spider talk. How expensive was the plan he got you to sign up for? <laughs> $300 a month. Ay, ay, ay.